Welcome to Legacy Therapy, the podcast that will teach you, in bite-sized chunks, how to leave a stress-free legacy so loved ones can focus on people, not paperwork, when you become ill or pass away. Here is your host and financial advocate, Stacy golden Lisnock. Hello and welcome to this episode of Legacy Therapy, Planning Techniques for a Stress-Free Legacy. This is Stacy Golden Lisnock, your financial advocate. And today I have with me a special guest. This is Jeff Krolowski. He's been a friend of mine for many years. And come to find out, he has some personal stories that he's willing to share that I think will be very valuable. And uh, he's he's kind of had more than most to have to deal with. So He's willing to share, so I'm going to let him talk and uh, maybe interrupt here and there, but just go ahead. Take it away, Jeff. Well, my, my story is this. Um, about six years ago, I get a call, and my brother had had a stroke, and he was in Memorial Hospital in Long Beach, and I ran down there, and it, it was bad, and uh, he, he did finally get out. It, it wasn't an easy situation because his brain was so affected, but um, uh, we ended up finding a, a place for him to, to uh, assisted living for him to stay. Um, but the bottom line is the result of his stroke was he remembered when we were children, but he couldn't remember what he had for breakfast. Mm. Well, back to the story, um, you know, he had his own business and it was a landscape Uh, maintenance business. And um, his computer was locked, his laptop was locked. Uh, I didn't know anything about his business or anything about uh, the people that he was working with or helping. And uh, long story short is, uh, because I didn't know anything about his finances, uh, anything about his business, uh, whatever monies uh, that he had coming in, uh, were no longer coming in and I couldn't track it down. And the, the fact that uh, the program that you have, Stacy, uh, just uh, it's so important for people to know and plan out uh, if something happens, whether it be a power of attorney or um, where the money's at. Right, how, so and how to get in the computer and notify all the clients that he wasn't going to be showing up and all that jazz. I, I, I couldn't do it. We, I, I had some of his people, some of his clients uh, caught wind that, that he had had a stroke and they were directed to me. But, uh, you know, we tried to let as many know as, as could. But, uh, yeah, it was just a, it was just a, a and had your Had your brother been sick before? Like, was this something that you could have seen coming? No, it was, uh, um, he, he was a health nut and, uh, but he wasn't married. And my wife is the one that pushes me to go to the doctor and get my checkups and so forth. And he was uh, resistant to going to the doctors if he was healthy. So yeah. the bottom line is, uh, uh, it was AFib is what they figured out that it was. Mm-hmm. I, I think my dad had that and my dad died of a heart attack and so um, the bottom line is it was AFib and that led to a stroke and it was a bad one. So his memory was gone. 
although he remembered when we were kids, but he couldn't remember or tell me anything about his business. Uh, yeah. So, so did he have, did he own a home or anything? He did not. So, so he had an apartment? Yeah. And so how does that work? I, I was always curious now, did you have to break the lease or how did that work? Well, the, he lived with, uh, with a woman that was uh, 100 years old. It, Mary, uh, Mary was a wonderful Christian woman and she was about 100 years old and she had units in Long Beach and Tom rented a room from her. Uh, she was like a second mom. And uh, so she was right there in this whole process when it all happened. And so the place that we found to put Tom uh, after the stroke, the assisted living was right down the street, about a block from where he lived for 20 years. Oh, good. So um, that was kind of a good news thing because he knew the neighborhood and knew a lot of the neighbors. And, and so that was kind of a good thing for him. But uh, um, Mary wasn't much help because she didn't know his finances. And um, so that was just, it, it was a nightmare. So the value of your program, I see so. Yeah. So that, that very day, I bet you remember, like it was yesterday, you get that phone call and everything drops. You have to change your schedule and take off, huh? Pretty much. And then, you know, I was his power of attorney mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we took him to doctor's appointments and wherever he had to be. So that was a, a big chunk of time as well. But yeah. He's my brother and you got to take care of him. Yeah. And you're the only rel relative or? Uh, my sister lives out of state. Okay. She lives in Idaho now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So he is, so, and he's passed away now. Yeah. He passed away on Easter Sunday this year. That was his, the saving grace is Easter Sunday was his favorite holiday. Oh, nice. Yeah. But he lived quite some number of years, right? In this condition? Did, yeah, he lived uh, five or six years. Did he ever improve or? He did not. I, what, what happened was they, they, they gave him the clot busting medicine mm -hmm. because he got in right away. And I understand that one in a thousand go wrong. Mm -hmm. He happened to be that one in a thousand. So it, his, oh. his memory was... Oh, that's too not that's, good. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's not so good. So you had come off of um, dealing with someone else very close to you. I don't know if it was over with at that point. Um, no, he was the only one. Well, your partner. Oh, yeah. Well, so was that still going on What you had that going on for it you? It was. I forgot about that. But yeah, I lived through that when he had rheumatoid arthritis and he almost died numerous times and he's recovered now. I guess it never really goes away, but he's recovered. He's doing better. But uh, yeah. To the point where he's back to work, right? Like his new normal. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, amazing because rheumatoid arthritis, I didn't know was kind of life threatening, but apparently it's totally debilitating, huh? Yeah, it's an auto, autoimmune mm -hmm. deficiency or autoimmune. Your body's fighting against itself and it doesn't know why. 
but but just to get to the point that he knew what it was right was a challenge in itself even in modern medicine it's funny you go in and they don't know i i went into the er with shingles and they didn't know what it was so there you go well you know it's 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 you know i have friends uh, i've got a friend that uh, that they're trying to he's a young guy uh, works for a title company they're trying to figure out what's wrong with him uh, because he's sapped with energy and he's tired and uh, he's a young, healthy looking guy, but they can't figure it out. And they're thinking he's got some autoimmune yeah. uh, situation. But what's, what's really difficult is when you go in and they can't figure it out. Right. That is what's difficult. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, it's this Lyme disease and they, they sort of think, try to make you think you're going crazy. Uh, they don't want to believe you. And, and I've heard this from many people and it turns out to be Lyme disease, which is very debilitating. I, I heard that. And I, I asked him if he got, cause he told me he got bit on the mm -hmm. wrist and there was like a ring. Mm -hmm. and he thought that that was the trigger. Now, whether it was a tick or whatever it was, we don't know, mm -hmm. but, uh, I yeah. thought it was Lyme disease. And the funny thing is I told him to go into emergency. He goes, he wouldn't do it, wouldn't do it, wouldn't do it. Finally, he had to do it. And he's in an emergency and waiting in pain. And I go there and his wife is with him and we can't get anyone to give him attention. I had to kind of blow up um, at the nurse that was on duty just to get him a blanket and give him some attention. So yeah, I definitely lived it. I, when you mentioned that and, and I, I didn't happen to remember it, maybe it's because I don't want to remember, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I lived it because he's like a brother to me. Yeah. Yeah. And when you have a business partner um, that passes away, this is the, the nightmare then begins because now you're, if you don't have other arrangements, your new partner is the spouse. I mean, I've well, heard all kinds of stories uh, in that the, regard. So, so hopefully that's prompted you to do something. What? So the good news is we're prepared. We have a buy-sell agreement. Uh, we're insured. We, we both have trusts. So good. everything is laid out. If anything happened to me, uh, my wife knows exactly where to go uh, to the book with the codes, uh, the accounts, um, the life insurance, uh, yeah. following your format, yeah. which everybody should. Anybody that owns real estate, I mean, Orange County especially, but anybody that owns real estate should have it in a trust. Because even if you've got a living will, it's still going to go to probate. Right. The only way to protect yourself is a living trust in the state of California. Right. And I think that people are just unaware what, what that actually entails, the probate process. But, um, you know, that's, that's just sort of been my trying, trying not to uh, practice law, but just to give definitions and real timelines around those kinds of things. Um, it can be real eye opening when you get thrust into that. I, I had a client uh, of mine whose mother-in-law died and I had to go drop something off. And he told me, you know, my mother-in-law just recently passed away and she had gone to an attorney prior, knowing that she was ill and getting older and all that. And he put her, he, he wrote her a will. The house didn't get put in a trust 
And now they were faced with dealing with probate and they actually went to an attorney. And I just said, wow. <laughs> it's like, wow. I spoke to my attorney recently because I need to update my trust. And part of our conversation was uh, when I was asking him what the turnaround time is for probate in Orange County, he mentioned it was 22 months. So what a nightmare for 22 months that can be if you're the family of somebody that didn't have a will. Right. And I also, that's also kind of the number if you don't have any kind of anybody protesting the will, you know, um, and people think they have a will and they're good, but all the will is, is a ticket to probate because you, the will just simply gives your wishes. And so the judge has something to go off of. If you don't have the will, then the judge determines it based on the hierarchy of your relationships, right? So there's a whole list. Each state is different about that apparently, but yeah, it's, it's just not the best scenario. And then um, even though I have heard of houses being sold in probate, do you know about that? Well, they have to be sold when they're out. They have to be out of probate to actually get sold, I believe. But it's an estate, mm -hmm. and they need they need money to pay for the probate and keep the house going, maintaining the house, the property taxes, the the mortgage. I mean, how long can you go without money? Right. So you know, I, I have a, a file right now. There are four sisters. All have a trust. One of the sisters has passed away. They all live together. One of the sisters is incapacitated. So one of the other two sisters is a successor trustee because she is, she has uh, dementia. So we're doing a reverse mortgage so that they can actually stay in their home and have money to have a, a caregiver to help the sister because they can't do it alone. They're all seniors. Yeah. So the successor trustee is the sister. So the sister can sign for one that's incapacitated. The other one can sign for herself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the other good point about the trust. Um, even if you don't have property to put in the trust, they still recommend that because it, upon incapacity, it can it can help you. It can help other people to help you. So, so tell me some, some stories. Um, in, you're in the reverse mortgage business. You've been doing that for many, many years. And I know you've helped uh, people to be able to stay in their home, like that example. Um, what, other, what other ones might you recall? I have a client right now, and they've gone through a bankruptcy, chapter 13, five-year payback. So they've got, a, they've got a credit history that's not so good. And um, the bottom line is they've got a first mortgage at a 5.6 interest rate, a second mortgage at 6.4, and they can't refinance because of the credit issues in bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be able to take them out of those loans, eliminate those loans, put them into a reverse mortgage with an interest rate of 2.8. And they want to continue to make a payment. And that's one of the things about the Home Equity Conversion Mortgage Program, which is the FHA and HUD um, program. Mm -hmm. They can actually make a payment if they want to. So she's just retired. She wants to continue to make a payment. 
and now they've got a lower rate and they can actually do so. So how is this different from a conventional mortgage where that uh, bankruptcy would have prevented them from actually doing like a, a traditional refi? Well, the traditional refi rules are different. We're looking for ways to help people, not ways to turn them down. So even though they've had a bankruptcy, it's been paid back in good faith over that five-year period, haven't missed a payment. So that puts them in, in with yeah. our status, that puts them back in the driver's seat. Oh, good to know, because I think some people disqualify themselves based on knowing some laws about other things. Um, pretty common. They assume. Assume, they assume. Yeah. So if there was something that was bad about the reverse mortgage program, it's no longer bad. And what that is, is years ago, if you had a spouse that was 62 and the other spouse was not, they used to take the younger spouse off the title, make the loan in the older spouse's name. But if something happened to the older spouse, the younger spouse would generally have to sell because that income, whether it be social security, pension, whatever is gone, that other spouse would have to sell and basically be on the street. That's no longer the issue. The new, the new program or the change is called the non-borrowing spouse. So you got a husband and wife. Here's the story. Um, husband and wife, they come in at 5.30 into my office. Uh, I didn't call my wife. I get home at 8.30. She says, you didn't call me. I said, oh, honey, I know I didn't. I'm sorry about that. She goes, I made dinner. I said, well, here's the story. I said, husband and wife came in. Ali and his wife, Ali is 71, she's 38, four boys under five years old. God bless Ali. Frank, my assistant, because I said, honey, Frank stayed and helped with the kids. And she said, help with the kids. You deal with seniors. What are you talking about? I go, well, Ali and his wife came in, had the young kids. Frank stayed. The bottom line is we were able to make this loan. And if anything happens to Ali, his wife and the boys can live there for the rest of their lives. Now, before we close the loan, the underwriter wanted to see a marriage certificate, wedding certificate. So they supplied it. And I, I thought she was a mail order bride. That's, that's what was going through my head. Mm -hmm. Turns out she was from Lebanon. And Ali paid a dowry of 5,000 American dollars, two ounces of gold, and two goats. <laughs> How do you make that up? Yeah. So, oh so she got to come to America, and they figured it out very quickly that this reverse mortgage... Uh, now that now that because of the change, the non-borrowing spouse status, mm -hmm. Ali passes away. She can live there for the rest of her life. She's required to make the property tax payments every year, insurance payments, and just keep the house up. And she can live there for the rest of her life and never make a payment. That's amazing. You know, tell me a little bit more about um, if there's a divorce and they both want their own home how they can purchase. So they sell off the, their home that they own together. And then now each of them, they're, if they're of age, can buy their own home 
with that half that they had from the current home and the rest of it is done with the reverse mortgage and they still don't have a payment and all that, right? They could actually make two homes out of one. You're absolutely right. In, in fact, uh, I had a client, it wasn't a divorce situation, but it was a big home in Orange Park Acres here in Orange County mm -hmm. so for 1.5. They wanted to buy downsize and buy on the other side of town for, I think it was 825, eight, let's call it 822 because that's the new principal limit for FHA on oh, okay. purchase. Mm -hmm. They changed it. It's recently been upped since uh, January of this year. So what they did is they put 50% down on the smaller home and they never make a payment. Now the payment or the interest is deferred. And the only time that it's due is if they decide to sell and they can sell at any time because there's no prepayment prepayment penalty okay. or the last one of them to pass away. And when that happens, their trustee has got 12 months, six plus six, uh, without making a payment to either upgrade or sell or refinance the house, whatever they want to do with it. They've got time to figure things out. Yeah. So I think the, the one caveat is that they have to be living in the home. So if they end up having to move to a nursing home, um, then that's also a trigger. Well, uh, I've had situations where the reason that we're making the loan is to get money because one of the spouses has to go to assisted living as mm -hmm. long as the other spouse is living there full time. Mm -hmm. We're, we're good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think there's lots and lots of ways to, um, to use the program and it's nice to hear some of the stories and I, you know, really was interested in some of these personal life issues that you've had to, <laughs> the hoops you've had to jump through. You know what, everybody's different and, and they all use it. People use this to their own situation. Right. I, I don't know if I mentioned to you, I had a husband and wife, they were in Northern California. She, the wife calls me, Linda's house is in foreclosure, husband in the hospital. So I was able to stop the foreclosure and her husband, Earl, was a successful guy, worked for Rolls-Royce, making jet engines as a manager, mm -hmm. lost his job, had a heart attack, had some health issues, couldn't get a job. Now he's landed in the hospital and they couldn't figure out why. House is in foreclosure all stressed out. Well, we were able to save the house and to sign the final papers on the loan, we sent the notary to the hospital on a Friday night. So Linda meets them all there. They all sign their paperwork. Uh, the next day she sees Earl. He looks a little bit better. Sunday she goes to church. She doesn't see Earl. Monday she gets the call and she calls me and she says, I want to tell you about Earl and I'm holding my breath because I knew he was pretty sick. And she told me that Earl has miraculously gotten better and that he might even get out by the end of the week. Hmm. So it's only my, my presumption that Earl was feeling very guilty that the house was in foreclosure and was very worried about where Linda was gonna live. And 
when he found out that the papers were signed, he got better. Wow. And yeah. It kind of chokes me up. Yeah. Well, but, uh, good. Yeah, but it, that's a real story. And uh, and he got better and he got out of the hospital. And uh, if I said they lived happily ever after, that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's amazing. Well, I, I think we can wrap it up. I'm, I'm really happy to get you on here and have you tell these real life stories because they do exist and it helps other people to realize how quickly things change yeah. and that there are solutions sometimes when it doesn't feel like there are, and you just have to get a consult. I mean, most people don't charge you for the consult. You don't have to feel, you know, and I know there's special rules when you're dealing with seniors, you cannot pressure them. And I know you've been very, very good um, at just being a very strong educator around the topic. You'll repeat your visits over and over again till they actually understand. And then I know there's a third party, uh, what is it? Counseling requirements that goes into effect so that the people are actually asked, are you being coerced in any way, right? Are you being pressured um, into doing this? Do you understand fully how this all works? So they're, they really get the chance. And um, that's important when you're dealing with seniors. Some of these concepts are difficult. I, I like the third party validation. Mm -hmm. That way, nobody can ever say I didn't know what I was doing. Right, right. Well, they can say that after they forget what they did, I guess. <laughs> it happens. Take your prevagen. <laughs> yeah, right. All righty. Well, thank you for joining us. And I really hope that people get some value out of the conversation that we've just had. I also always like to advise people to check my website, which is www.gotittogethernow.com. And I put together a course, it's a seven module course, and it's designed to take you from, you know, step one to step seven. Um, by the time you get through it all, you have reviewed all your documents, everything's been updated, you've found mistakes and corrected them, and you've had the conversation so that you won't be in the situation like Jeff was with his brother, not being able to get into his computer and contact his clients and know where his banking is and, and all of that jazz. So... I just would encourage you to do it. You never know when that day is going to show up for you. Could be an accident. You could fall. It could be an illness like happened to me. I found myself in an ambulance. I wasn't sick before that. Right. So you don't, you never know. But with that, I would like to thank you for joining us and we will see you next time. Take care. Thank Bye -bye. you very much. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Therapy Podcast. If we hit it out of the park today and you learned at least one new thing to take action on in your own quest to planning the best legacy possible, then be sure to tell your friends, subscribe, and rate and review wherever you get your podcast. The show notes will provide the sites and information that were discussed today. You can get more great tips, resources, and inspiration by visiting our website, Legacy Therapy Podcast dot com.